Welcome to Good Morning, the podcast on a mission to open up the conversation around grief and loss with honesty and humour. Hosted by Sally and Imogen, we interview interesting guests to hear how losses shape their lives. Join us as we laugh, cry and drop the odd F-bomb. Welcome back to the Good Morning Podcast. Hey guys, we hope you are all well. We're back with another Grief Tip Tuesday, uh, which is an episode where we share stories, tips and advice on specific grief topics from our listeners and our online community. What are we talking about today, Em? We've got a bit of a meaty conversation today, Sal. We're talking (laughs) all things grief and friendships. So this is a massive topic and one that impacts so many of us when we're grieving. And as usual, we put a shout out on our Instagram and also in our private Facebook community. And loads of you responded to this one. And it's actually been one of the biggest topics that people have reached out to us about, hasn't it? It has. I mean, it's such a big one when you're grieving. And it seems like loads of you seem to be going through big changes in friendship in your grief. And I I think it's pretty common to have big friendship changes in grief, don't you? I think absolutely. some friends drop away, some don't show up at all, and then some are absolutely amazing. It's, it's like the author Megan Devine says, like grief can completely rearrange your address book. Yes, it's so, so perfectly good. put that, isn't it? It so, so is. Um, but it's not something that we always feel comfortable talking about, I don't think. No, it's a bit of a... A bit of an awkward one. Like we don't want to like slag our friends off. We know they don't understand, but it's just like tricky. Like how do you navigate this sort of topic? And it can feel like super lonely as well. But I think it's is sometimes we're not comfortable talking about it because we're like ashamed if we feel like our friends have dropped away. Like, but friends play such a massive part in the role of recovery after loss. Like as we both know, community and friendships like are so important in getting you through like such a difficult time. And can we just say as well, before we get stuck into this for people listening, like Sal and I, if you haven't been a long time listener, we know we've had a lot of new followers come in and Sal and I actually met through a support group. So we come from a place where we like to think we have friends. (laughs) I think we both have friends. Um, But when our mums died, we both felt super alone and like nobody understood, even though like we had people around us and lots of support. So we actually met through a support group. So yeah, I think it's important to know that it's okay to do that too. And you never know who you're going to meet because like we've, we've literally got a friend for life, you know, with each other. So it's been, it's been a great thing that we did. Definitely. And I think, you know, we were both um, feeling like because not a lot of our friends um, our age had been through a similar loss, even though we did have support, it still felt quite isolating. And having that person that understood, you know, what we were going through and had a similar loss, that has been so important to us both, hasn't it? Yes. And I feel like you and I can drone on about our moms all the time and like not feel like we're talking about our grief too much. You know what I mean? Like we both get it and we've got that space and that friendship where we can talk about our grief forever because grief doesn't go away. 
either so exactly and yeah. look it's not the same for everyone and uh, lots of you um you have reached out to us to say that you're having like you know you've had difficult experiences with your friends or you've had to completely reevaluate your friendship situation and I think what we need now from a friend might be different to what we needed before our loss and that is totally fine so if you're needing some extra support with how your friendships are at the moment we really hope these tips and experiences might give you a little bit of comfort in knowing that you aren't alone Yes. And maybe even just give you some ideas as to how you can like approach different friend situations that you might be faced with um, as well. So we hope that it helps you guys. Okay, let's jump in. So Shari says it's very surprising that people you think will be there to support you are nowhere to be seen. And the people who you never expect to step up become the main strengths in your grief. A lot of people also don't know how or even if they should bring it up, which also hurts. I completely agree with that. I want my friends to know that I do want to talk about it because it did happen and we don't have to ignore it. I think this is actually one of the biggest surprises that people face in grief is that sometimes the people and the friends that we expect to show up aren't there for us at all. And we'll get into this um, throughout this conversation. There are quite Mm. a few examples of this that listeners have shared with us, but the people that we don't think will be there are, and people like, you know, not knowing what to say. So they say nothing at all. It's like that grief tumbleweed, isn't it? You're kind of like, <laughs> hello, <laughs> my mum's died. Can you fucking acknowledge it? <laughs> um, but I think that's why we need to keep educating people on grief, you know, friends included, um, because sometimes people just don't know what to say. But I think Shari raises a really good point. Like it completely surprises you who fronts up and who just drops away and like, And that's hard. That's hard, like dealing with that. It's bloody hard. And Lita says, I am cutthroat in ending ties with people who don't show up. I need some tips on this topic. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, hopefully these tips might help you, Lita, and anyone else who who needs a bit of extra support on this one. Um, Laura says, don't take the energy to worry about people that aren't showing up for you, even if they should be. Find your person or a couple of people that you can truly depend on, someone that's there for you whenever. And if you don't have it, reach out. It has been so vital to healing for me to have a very special group that understand me. And so just circling back to what we said earlier about how Sal and I met through a support group, classic example of reaching out when you feel like you don't have that person like try and find them and our Facebook group is a perfect place to start we've had some friendships formed um, across the other side of the world through that group so yeah definitely reach out if you are feeling like that yeah and like you reached out to me after we met at the support group meeting didn't we you dropped me a dm (laughs) i did and then we met up for a wine and sometimes putting yourself out there can be really hard when you're grieving because you know you're sort of maybe feeling a bit unconfident or you're just like your head's just you know fucked basically um (laughs) but oh my god are they gonna write back are they gonna ice me like ghost me (laughs) but but that's why also like online relationships can be really good like if you're part of the instagram community obviously you're probably part of our instagram community and hopefully like there might be someone that you can connect with on our you know comments or facebook group or um just just try and yeah find (laughs) yeah find some connections online can sometimes help if you feel like your friends aren't understanding you um kathleen says when my dad died last year all my friends prepared themselves for me to be this a broken emotional wreck of a person and they also set lots of expectations on me that i wasn't ready to handle I appreciated them asking me what I needed each day, but I barely knew how to take care of myself. 
They would leave me out because I was a drag down. That's awful. A few months later, they all came to me and told me that I was too fragile to be around. And they all felt like they had to walk on eggshells around me. And that was really hurtful to hear. But I knew I deserved better friends that would sit in the uncomfortable and be okay if that's all I wanted. It got too hard feeling like I needed to censor myself around them. And I took some space to move on and realize that a new season of life after dad's death meant new friends too. Ones who could meet this new version of me and accept me for who I was. And now I have friends who are uncomfortable who are uncomfortable with me talking about my grief sometimes, but they will still sit with me because I know they truly care. And I still, I still feel hurt about the extra loss of those old friends, but they were my friends before the death. I'm really sorry that you went through that, Kathleen, because that's really got to hurt. And for you know, people to make you feel like you're a drag down when you're grieving, like it's just just bang out of order, to be honest. Some people just don't realize how insensitive they can be, I think. Don't you reckon? Bloody rude, mate. Bloody rude. Um, <laughs> but you know, when friendships change or drop off after a death, they are like secondary losses. And they secondary losses can hurt just as much as the death loss sometimes you know it can really compound the feelings of pain and grief because not only are you trying to deal with um you know the death but then you've also got these other losses as well so it's sort of like a bit of a, a there's yeah a there's toxic like a soup there's a huge toxic soup i love it there's a huge amount of grief that comes with endings of friendships like yeah i i, I don't know about you oh, well, i think you have but like there's people who I used to be friends with who I'm not anymore. And like, I grieved them, you know, and that's, that's a whole different, you know, type of grief, but it's still grief on top of your lost grief. Like, like you said, it's compounding. Yeah. And, you know, secondary losses can be loads of different things, not just the ending of friendships, but it hurts because, you know, our friends are our net, our support network. Um, I do think that that perspective that you share Kathleen around the seasons um, Mm. and, you're kind of entering a different season, you know, because grief just changes you as a person, I think. Not mm-hmm. everyone, but sometimes it does. And so I think that's a really good way to look at it. Like you're entering a new season of your life after your dad's death. And that, that means new friends who might fit this new you better. Um, I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, definitely. And Lisa says, sadly, a couple of friendships ended when my mum died. I thought it would have made us stronger, but they didn't bother with me or check in. At first I was hurt as I was there for one of them when their dad died. And then I realized I shouldn't hang on to a one-sided friendship just because we have been friends for over 15 years. I now only have three close friendships who I can share things with and be myself. It's yeah, like the same sort of thing. It's it doesn't matter if you have like one really close friendship, you just need that one person that gets it, doesn't it? And if people aren't understanding or checking in with you or not bothering you like that, it hurts so much, but it's kind of like you have to kind of understand that they don't know what it's like. They don't know what loss is like until they've kind of been through it. Um, but yeah, it's such, it's such a tricky situation. And Kelly says, I don't think I have a single old friend who knows my griefy side. I have, however, built incredible friendships through grief and they are strangely now people who perhaps know nothing about my old jobs or funny nights out, but know the very deepest feelings of my grief because they just get it. Yes. Yes. And we've had this conversation before, (laughs) haven't we? Like I'm your, like, I think we're friends outside of grief, but I am like, 
one of your grief friends, but then I'm, I'm not a friend that you come to for mum stuff. Cause I'm not a mum, Right. Like, yeah. And like, you have different friends for like different like times in your life and like maybe different kind of sort of situations or do you know what I mean like so true yeah and I think as you get older like that happens like people kind of compartmentalize their friendships more and like you have your grief friend and your mum friend and you you know all different friends for different sorts of things yeah school friends or yeah you know yeah it's I think it's a, a really normal thing to do so griefy side friends are great to have <laughs> try and get some griefy friends but don't worry if like if, if not all your mates are like necessarily being there for you in your grief it doesn't mean they can't play a role in your life although it is helpful to have friends especially when you're in like the very very early stages that do show up for you period yeah and sometimes I think it's good to own it. Like if you are a friend and you're listening, if if you haven't got much experience in grief or you feel awkward, just be like, I want to be here for you, but I'm really, I really don't know what to I'm say. I'm bad at this. Yeah, <laughs> like own it. Sometimes that can just be like, a bit easier and so just- much easier because like I have definitely been in that situation where someone I know has like someone's died and I have an experience like true grief like what they're going through and I don't say anything <laughs> like I've definitely been that person before I'm like I don't want to say the wrong thing I don't want to say the wrong thing so I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening and I think <laughs> that's really common that's when the grief tumbleweed comes out mate <laughs> that- <laughs> roll on by <laughs> um but fuck I'm making up for it now don't worry <laughs> Um, Angel says to accept that the love and company from your friends isn't always reciprocated, which can be a hard pill to swallow. Indeed it can. Steph says, look at who is showing up for you in your grief and take a step back from the rest. KJO lock seven. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) We're on the Instagram handles today, guys. So there might be some interesting ones. My favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder if CD sides. uh... Oh, mate, CD, CD. CD space. Oh, CD space. <laughs> yeah. Um, so KJO Lock Seven says, learn boundaries if there's no support or cut your losses. Im Grief says, I'm, I think it's I'm Grief. I'm Grief. <laughs> I'm Grief. It's says, not my like, it's not my like hidden account. Im Grief. <laughs> Is it your burner account, mate, that you like. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, my side hustle. Your yeah. side hustle. <laughs> I'm I'm grief says cut them. Grief is the standard for friendships, the bar to meet. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Lauren says put you and your needs first. If someone is making things worse, they aren't worth your time. Absolutely. Like while not everyone might know how to talk to you about your grief, definitely if someone is making you you feel worse or being like really unsupportive in a way that is making you feel terrible absolutely have a think about whether you can set a boundary or just phase that friendship out you've got to think about your needs first Mm -hmm. and foremost and we're not here for people that make us feel crap are we absolutely not um amy says it's a hard but important lesson not everyone sticks around for your grief learn to set boundaries so im a couple of people have mentioned boundaries here so i Mm -hmm. reckon like what would a boundary in sort of friendship look like for you do you reckon um I think if, yeah, like it's just that uncomfortable feeling. Like if you ever feel yourself feeling uncomfortable in a situation with a friendship, like boundary would be not answering their call if you don't feel like it, not going to that event if you don't feel like it, like learning to say no. 
Yeah. You know? And I think I used to be such a yes person. Like I used to have like fear of missing out and just want to turn up at everything and be at everything and be that person that's like, you know, the life of the party and all that. And like, as I get old, like I realize how important it is now to actually listen to my body. And if something instinctively doesn't feel good, then remove myself from it. And I think yeah. that with friendships, like that's, that's a key thing. Like, especially if you're younger and you're sort of going out a little bit more and, and all of that. And like, you're going to events and you're going to parties and stuff. Like if you don't feel like it, if, you know, if, if you don't feel supported when you're in that environment, like it's okay to say no. Definitely. And I think as well, like if somebody's, you know, not showing up for you, if they've like stood you up or if they've said they'll be, be there for you and then they're not, or um, if they, don't answer your texts or take weeks to reply you know I think it's another way to set a boundary could be like you need to kind of you need to assert what you need don't you so if someone's Mm. like cancelled on you last minute be like I you know I really need you to show up for me um and Mm. I would really so hard to do oh my god it's so hard to do do. I think we should probably do an episode on boundaries um but definitely I think just having a think about or having a look into what boundaries you could set in your friendships if people are being you know less than supportive definitely yeah episode on boundaries coming up guys coming up so um amy so amy says about learning to set boundaries is really important and then mrs j frizzle says (laughs) some people may come into your life for a time that you need them but they may not stay and i think that's a really good perspective kind of to kathleen's point about having seasons of you know entering a new season perhaps that means different people and different types of people are going to be better for you as you kind of move through this kind of new phase in your life of grief um jay frizzle jay frizzle was right jay frizzle (laughs) yeah jay frizzle knows what's up um sfiz82 says don't be afraid to tell your friends that you need them and Kay foster agrees and says be honest and let your friends know how you're feeling and this this one reminds me of our conversation in with the actress Lauren Brandt because do you remember she said that she had to actively let her friends know when she needed support from them and I I think mm-hmm. people people do naturally drop drop away don't they after the first few weeks or months and um, because they're not in the loss with us um, they might just resume their normal life and kind of forget that maybe we do still need that support like we need their support probably more than ever after the first kind of few weeks and months when our normal life resumes and I think we do have to let sometimes let people know and communicate with them if we do need the extra support like so like Kay Foster says like let them know how you're feeling because I think even with the best will in the world sometimes people just aren't up to the task or they don't know what we're going through so I think don't be afraid to like communicate like hey I'm really struggling I really could do with a bit of extra support from you yeah absolutely like it's so true and I think if I didn't have you there's definitely friend number of friends that I could like name that aren't showing up haven't showed up haven't like contacted me in so long and it's hurtful but I think because I do have that person like where I can share my emotions and feelings with, like it, it makes it a little bit easier, but it, it's really common. So mm. I don't want you to feel like you're the only one where people aren't showing up. Like it's common. It's happened to me. It's happened to Sal. You know, it happens to pretty much most of us, I'd say. Definitely. It does. But I think if you can, if you do have those friends that you can have that open line of communication with that maybe aren't being awful, but they're just not 
perhaps giving you as much as you need, then don't be afraid to like be like, oi, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a shit friend. <laughs> sort it out. Yeah. Tori says, I've learned that my friendships evolve like my grief. Oh, I like that. The good, the bad, and the indifferent. Wise words. Mm-hmm. Salise says, understand that some people can't understand what they haven't been through. Very true. Amy says, tell your friends that you need them because they might not know. Also accept that some friends won't know what to say to you and that's okay, but that they are there to support you. Madeline says, be honest if you are not okay. So back to what we were saying earlier, it's, it's okay to say that you're not okay. Um, Hema says, try to understand that everyone has a different love language and that has really helped me feel less abandoned. I love that concept of love languages in this context. How good is that? Giving people the benefit of the doubt is so important, I think. And sometimes people are just plain old shit, (laughs) Um, but it doesn't mean that they don't care and they just might have absolutely no clue. So, so true. And I think... Yeah, everyone has a different love language. That is what's that yours. Is. What's your so, love language? So my love language is acts of service. Uh-huh. Um, and I think words of affirmation. And then there's another one that's like Oh my gift, god, I think I think we're the same. Gift giving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, I love but, gift giving. <laughs> but, my, but my husband's is is he likes um physical touch and words of affirmation and I'm not like touchy feely by nature so I have to remember that his love language like he feels really loved when I'm like tactile and I hug him and and for him like when he says I'm taking the bins out I'm like yes (laughs) yeah taking my clothes off (laughs) I'm like you're speaking my love language like it's no anyone that's sexy though when they do like household chores so let's Don't give me a hug. Take Never the bins happens. out. <laughs> um, but guys, if you haven't looked into love languages, side note, like it is actually quite helpful. Um, yeah, but we need to like kind of delve more into these, what these griefy love languages are, which we'll do another another point in time. Boundaries and griefy love love languages incoming, guys. Yeah. Um, on that note, I love this one from Ali. She says, I remind myself that people can only meet me as deeply as they've met themselves. Oh, that is deep. I am borrowing that one. How good you is that? You guys are good. <laughs> Seriously, I'm loving this. Abigail says, some friends are afraid to mention your loved one, but I love it when people do include them. And I absolutely agree. It's, I mean, it's so good to let people know that it's okay to talk about them because I think sometimes people might hold back because they don't want to upset you or they don't want to say the wrong thing. So I think giving people a bit of a signal um, and maybe talking about your loved one around them or just saying like, I really like it. I would really like it if you did mention their name or ask me questions about them. It's okay to do that. I think being open and letting people know, then in turn, you might feel a bit more supported by doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, got another good Here hand. You go. Tell me what this one says. Okay. <laughs> Super Ninja. Uh, Super Ninja says, tell them your needs and expect that your friends do care and do think about you. And Rachel says, have a good clear out. People will surprise you and people will disappoint you, but just keep the real ones. Malittle says, I've accepted that I'm on a different path and not everyone is meant for the same path very spiritual. I like that one. See mad, mad again. Is that right? 
See, Madigan says, give yourself space before responding to a friend who said something that has hit a nerve. I had a friend who kept saying silly stuff and I had to remind myself that they were trying, that they were trying and you don't know grief until you're in it. That's very true. I think, you know, so it's basically like responding instead of reacting, like just sitting back and going, okay, they don't get it. Let's just not tell them you're, you're if an asshole, whatever you're about to say, and just coming from a place of kind of compassion, knowing like they don't get it, you know? And you know what? People will say silly things and they will say the wrong thing Mm -hmm. um, because people don't know what to say sometimes or they stuff it up or they're just plain old rude. Like that I'm sure many people, many of our listeners have had people say like just odd things. Like what was that thing that someone said to you? Like my condolences or something. It was like super awkward. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Like my condolences. Like what are we like in the 1800s? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, who says that? (laughs) Speech sympathies. (laughs) But you know, even with the best one in the world, like people will just say random or silly stuff. So definitely that's a really good point. Like remind, remind yourself they are trying like, and again, like giving people the benefit of the doubt. And Carolyn says, go to the people who support you unconditionally. And N Rife photographer says, grief made me realize that I need to cherish my relationships. Yes. This is, this is one that you've kind of like felt as well, isn't it, Sal? I think loss can really highlight the importance of having a good support network, kind of. Definitely, definitely. Like after mom, my mum died, all like all of my friends that I've made, they all moved back to the UK within the mm-hmm. space of like a year. Kind of happens when you're an expat. And then we moved up to like a different area. And I was like, I've like, like, where have all my friends gone? Mm-hmm. And like I had to like really like r- I had a few friends in the area, but I had to really work at like. Mate, I fucking hear you walking down the street saying hi to like every man and their dog. Don't give me that shit. You're like, it's so funny for people listening. Like, Sal's one of those real community members. Like, she knows everyone in the street. Like, when we're chatting on the phone and she's like talking to me while she's walking her dogs, she's like, oh, hello, 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 literally to every person that she's. So. Maybe it used to be like that, but now it's different, right? It's different now. <laughs> but you know what? Actually, I'm one of those people that says hello to people's dogs as well. Oh, okay, so you're talking to dogs, not humans. Makes humans sense. and dogs. But I'll be like, oh, hello. <laughs> there's like a dog around the corner called Dinkles. And I'm always like, oh, hello, Dinkles. Or like, <laughs> oh, my God. Hello, Maverick. Like, it's just like, I just I just know all the dogs and the people. Anyway, oh. sidetracks us, guys. Um, but <laughs> it, it just made me realize, like, being an expat, like, a lot of my friends are back in the UK and I, I felt like, okay, it's really important to like really build that support network because yeah, like it's so bloody important. Like back home, people are amazing, but they're not here in Australia. So I was like, I've got to recreate that here. Yeah, absolutely. And Lee says, it's okay to let friendships go that don't support you anymore. Makimo agrees. She says, I found it helpful to give myself permission to let go of some friendships that weren't serving me anymore. I found myself being so angry at some of my friends for not understanding what I was going through. I've now learned that a person simply cannot truly understand grief until they have experienced the loss themselves. And even then each loss is different and we all experience grief differently. Coming to terms with this allowed me to let go of some of that anger. Preach. That's really, yeah, that's such a wise way to look at it. 
because I think we can be angry, can't we? We're like, why aren't people showing up for me? Like, this is really shit. Like, you need to be yeah. here for me. And I think just, yeah, that perspective can really help. Des says, don't let their uncomfortable make you hide your feelings. Find better people. I love this one. Clear says, let go of the grief hijackers. Yes. Oh, my God, I love that. What, what do you reckon makes a grief hijacker? <laughs> I feel like a grief hijacker is someone that tries to like one up you and your grief. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, when it happened to me, it was like this, or they make it about them. Do you reckon? That's yes. What... Yeah. yeah, makes it about them. Yeah, definitely. Grief hijacker. What a great term. Love it. Um, thanks for that, Clea. <laughs> Sherry says, I've learned to accept each friendship for what it is if I can. And if I can't, I release them. Kelly yeah. says. Pay attention to who is present and follow through on the typical here for you sentiments. Mm-hmm. Some people are not prepared to handle your grief and it's okay to take a break from those friendships to make space for the ones best serving you. I feel like my entire circle has changed. I no longer had time or energy for people who weren't responding well to my most authentic self in grief and in joy. Amber says, I've, le- I've had to learn unending grace and to constantly remind myself they have no idea what it's really like. And I think that's true. Like just, just reminding yourself, like they just, they might, and for, well, fortunately for them, they might not realize what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, Bethany says, since losing my brother 13 months ago, I've been through the toughest season of friendships ever. And I've had to unconsciously cut off three very close friends. And, but I've also made two of the deepest friendships at that time. It's been really confusing. Oh, I'm sorry, Bethany, that you've been going through that, but I'm glad to hear that you have cultivated some deep friendships as well during this time. And Samaya says, I've got a few cases of friendship changes after loss. One in particular was when a friend didn't open a message that my mum was in intensive care until days after and then she had passed. It's been tough for me because we significantly share the same friendship groups, but I just wasn't able to maintain the relationship. I think my friendship changes because I now care for my siblings. They're 12, 14 and 16. Oh, that's such a big responsibility to have on top of Mm -hmm. everything else. While my friends are 20-somethings who want fun, I feel like I've become an old woman and they don't understand my life anymore. But the main thing I've learned is trusting what feels right to be. I would have done anything to stay on good terms with someone, but now I'm okay with doing what is best for me and not having to be self-sacrificial. Yes, this is exactly kind of what we were mentioning before about boundaries, like listening to what you need now, what feels good and what doesn't, and just honoring that. so important. Absolutely. We've got a listener here who says, I've got an experience I'd like to share with you on friendship and grief. I had a best friend for 16 years. We've been through the highest of highs together and the lowest of lows. And then my mum died unexpectedly. I texted that night as I was too exhausted to call and she never wrote back. The next day she called me to tell me she thought I was joking and asked if I was okay. What? I mean... (laughs) Like, like Sorry, what? I don't even know where to begin with that, to be honest. It took her a You're like, oh, my mum died, lol, jokes. Like, nobody does that. No, nobody does that. It took a full week for her to come and see me in person. And the kicker, she lived three minutes away. Three right. minutes. Due to COVID, only 20 people were allowed at the funeral. So I explained to her that our immediate family would take priority for the limited seats. Makes sense. But we were told by the funeral directors that other people could attend by standing out on the street. 
I'm so sorry for like the experience of having to just a limited funeral capacity no words just There's like no words so just, yeah just not right anyway um so some people could attend by standing on the street so she did that with some other friends but she never came near me once after we walked out of the service and I didn't hear from her for two weeks after the funeral she said she was really busy Months went by with limited contact and Victoria was in strict lockdowns anyway. So I knew visiting wasn't a real option. And then it was my mum's first heavenly birthday. I was in town and I caught up with her and she never asked me how I was. She just asked me how much money I got from my mum's estate and what I was going to spend it on. Wow. Wow. Okay. I walked away from her that day and I haven't seen her since. I occasionally get a random message from her, but either I ignore it or I write something very blasé back. Only a couple of people know what she said to me and why I chose her to cut her out of my life. And you know what? I don't even miss her. And I'm not sure if that's because I have bigger, a bigger grief cloud from my mum or if I just genuinely know she isn't worth my time or energy. Mate, but- I'm so sorry for this. <laughs> like To have to deal with that when you're grieving is not okay. I don't know even where to begin with that. Like, I'm just so sorry that you went through that. And it's just, it's just not okay. Like some people just are just beyond, beyond words, aren't they? To be honest. Yeah. But I think as well, like loss and grief really shows you what's important and who's important. So yeah. it could be one of those situations where you're like, well, that friendship was kind of wasting my time anyway, you know? So it could be one of those situations, but no one should have to go through that. And I'm really sorry that you did. Um, And Hannah says, my best friend massively let me down when my dad had his accident and died. It was so hurtful and shocking as I thought she'd be the person to be there, but she wasn't. She was very selfish and insensitive about the whole thing. Lots of things I could mention. She was out partying on the day of his funeral when he got cremated and didn't even message me for support. She would message me like nothing has happened only to rant about an ex-boyfriend when I had just gone through literal trauma and my dad had died. It was so hurtful and surprising to me that she acted like this, but over time I've accepted she just wasn't the person I thought she was. Over time I've tried to see it as I had my eyes open to her true colors and that is a blessing as it means I can spend more energy on friendships who have shown kindness and consistent care to me. It's very hard though to lose a friend through grief because you'll always wish they acted differently. That's so very true. Mm. I would say to cope and navigate friendships with loss. Unfortunately, that checking in period will go away eventually, but we just have to remind ourselves it's because they'll never understand the pain we go through. And to them, a year and longer is a long time. They're not taking away that care unkindly they're just assuming that we are more okay so at this point I'd say find a grieving friend because you can talk to them as much as you want and they'll likely get how you're feeling too exactly kind of what we were saying at the start like it's 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 a good friend to have a grief friend Um, and that she also says and that it's totally okay if you do become like a hermit for a bit and just want to hide away in your grief shell and not see friends for a while It took me five months to go to my first lunch out with a friend. And even then it felt so raw and so difficult. Just be patient with yourself, especially in the early days. And don't worry too much about missing out on things. Being only 22, I was worried my friends wouldn't like me anymore for not wanting to drink and party. 
as there's just no way I wanted to do that newly grieving, but they made time for me in other ways, going for lunch, walks, coming to my house. You have to remember that you're still just surviving and the right friends will stay in contact. But I would say don't stay in the hermit shell forever. Try and come out of it eventually, as I think that's healthy to do. Wise words, Hannah. Very wise for a 22-year-old, Hannah. Like I definitely wasn't that wise at 22, but we're so sorry for your experience as well. But you you sound like you got your head screwed on and and yeah, you're doing good. So thank you for sharing that wisdom with us all. Tara says, remember that I can't be everything for someone. So no one can be everything for me. Love that. Love that. And that reminds me of your theory, Im, about people not filling every role, which kind of applies oh, to yeah. friendships as well, in a way. Kind yeah. of like what we talked about before. Yeah, that one that we had that conversation in our relationships um, episode where like I realized that I was expecting Ben, my partner, to kind of like fill every role when my mum died. Like I wanted him to be, you know, basically fill my mum's shoes and be support and be the provider and all these things. And it's like everyone can't be everything, you know, Mm. and it's okay if like some friends aren't giving you certain things that you need. Like if you're getting it from other people, it's okay. Like it's, 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 yeah, it's an interesting one rather than, you know, cutting them all off. And like, if you want to cut someone off, that's totally fine. It's up to you. But as, as an alternative, it can maybe help to sit back and look at it and be like, all right, well, that person just can't give me what I need, but they do give me other things and that's okay. Totally. Like you might have some friends that are great for like practical things, but mm. maybe don't front up uh, for the um, emotional emotional support. I was yeah. reading this book. I think it was a book or I saw something the other day um, and it, it reminded me a bit of this. It was like some, some people have teacups, right? They're, they're teacups and they can only take so much of the mm. emotional, like, so imagine like emotions of water and you fill the teacup up, they kind of overspill. And some people are like jars, right? They can take a lot of that stuff. They can take a lot of the emotional stuff. Mm. And like, so if you're a jar, but your friend's a teacup, like they might not be the one that can kind of, they can't, might not be able to take too much of the emotional stuff, right? That, but mm. that you can take. It was just an analogy that I thought was quite interesting. Yes, like, that is really interesting. I think Ben's like a, a thimble, emotional <laughs> thimble. <laughs> He's like, I had enough. You do too many emotions. <laughs> answer, answer jug. Uh, yeah, me and Anna jugs. <laughs> I can take a load of it. I love that though. That's but a yeah, really good way to look at it. But also like, yeah, not so maybe, maybe some friends are great. Like if you need something practical or, or if you want to go out and party or be super social, you've got friends that might be great for that, but they might not be the ones that will sit there with you and kind of be super emotional. Yeah. I think it's just, that's a good perspective to have um, as well as obviously thinking about if someone hasn't shown up for you, then don't be afraid to do what's right for you, basically. Defo. Katrina, whose mum died when she was 15, says, I allowed many of my friendships to develop deeper than surface level friendships than you generally do have at school age. It was also, it sadly alienated me from a lot of friends because 15 year olds generally don't know how to support or manage grief. That would have been really difficult at that age. She says, I have a number of friends um, state that my grief was too painful for them and therefore they just vanished from my life. And I also changed a lot as a person from quite shy and quite quiet to risk taking and being very outwardly spoken, which is not uncommon in adolescent grief. Um, And that caused some dynamic changes in friendships, both good and bad. 
friendships ending or changings can be a secondary loss and very painful and the quote that I'd love to share that's helped me and continues to help me is friends for a season friends for a reason and friends for life and that is a great note to end on because Katrina's got a really good point there sometimes friendships aren't Mm. forever and they might be for a specific reason and they might be for a specific season or they might be for life like you in I'm why why are you making me cry (laughs) that was a beautiful way to end like I love that I've never heard of that before but it's so true and I think yeah you can apply that to kind of other relationships as well you know romantic relationships too and it's just such a great way to look at it and guys we hope that you took something away from these experiences and tips. I know Sal and I did. We always do, which is amazing. It's always meant to be a bite-sized episode, but there's just so much great, you know, great responses that you guys share with us that we, yeah, we would, we just want to share with you all. So sometimes it can help to know that you're not alone. So thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't already joined our Facebook group, um, you can find us on Facebook. It's called Good Morning Grief Community. Our DMs are always open if you're feeling lonely and know there's a community of people here to support you. And stay tuned for our affirmation cards, which are landing soon. Yeah, boy. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to be great. And um, yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. We hope this is really helpful. Uh, we love you all and we'll see you next time. 